0: An Ironic Media Production.
1: Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K-Media.com.
0: right. In this podcast, I have Dawn Whitney here to talk to us about why she started the podcast Light from the Rabbit Hole. In this episode, Dawn talks about her own personal childhood trauma, as well as how she supported her son for the last few years who's been suffering from mental illness and addiction. This podcast is raw, authentic, but can be triggering to some who have experienced abuse. Please use caution. So, without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Affiliate Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this podcast, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset conquer your fears and become the best version of you You'll get to witness healings as well as hear from my mentors teachers and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for the last 14 years My connection with energy is so strong and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started All right, today on the podcast, I have Dawn Whitney, and she has become a fast friend. She has the podcast Light from the Rabbit Hole. I've been on there twice already, which has been awesome. And the reason why I was on her show is because she is doing such amazing work. She is a huge light in this world, and I am so honored to have you on the podcast, Dawn. Tell us, why did you start the light within the rabbit hole? I mean, you have very good reasons for doing that. It's a podcast, obviously. I just mentioned that. Because you have so much to share. So please start there. You know, why yeah. did you start?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, first of all, I am a big meditator and I've been doing yoga for a number of years, meditating pretty consistently for about four years now, and just really kind of getting into being able to meditate now without music and without. Someone talking and all of that, which is really great because, in the beginning, when you're learning how to meditate, you just, it's just, you're, it's a little bit of a shit show, right? You know this because you, Mm -hmm. yeah, you went through this in the beginning too. Like, oh my God, who is that talking? (laughs) I know. And you're like, okay, I understand. I have to make a grocery list. Can you just not have that in my (laughs) head right now? So I was meditating. I was actually here in our house in the desert and I was outside and I was, I was on a mat and I was in, you know, kind of in the palm trees by the, by the pool. I heard the super loud voice during the meditation. It kind of came out of nowhere, you know, and I, I heard it a couple of times and it was just a voice of act, share and serve. And then it kind of stopped. And then I was like, what is that? And then it came back again and I was in the meditation it kind of shook me out of my meditation because i thought this is really weird i've never i've never heard a voice like this before i mean it it just was very loud and so i i woke out of this meditation and i sat there for a second and i thought what the hell does that mean and so i i had to i grabbed my journal and i was writing and and as i was writing i don't know if you've ever done this amy where you're writing and you just don't think about writing anything but the pen just moves across mm-hmm. the paper Right, and there's just all these things that just kind of come out. So, I, I have the journal in my room, I should have grabbed it, but I, I had it, and it just had all of these words that I was writing out. And it didn't make a lot of sense, but it was things like you know, sexual abuse, using your voice, uh, addiction, mental health, not understanding, shame, stigma, separateness, judgment. Like all this stuff was just kind of coming out of me. And at the very end, it was like community, speaking, loud voice, and podcast. And I just kept writing podcast. And I kind of get chills thinking about it because it was so profound. And I ran in the house and I my husband was on a call and I was like standing at the door. He was like, What is going on? I go, I need you to get off the phone. I have to tell you something.
0: <laughs> I know so, when your spirit talks to you, you just like want to share it with everybody. I know how totally
1: this was the disappointing part for me, poor Ryan, but he didn't have quite the reaction I wanted him to have. He was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Right on. You know, like, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. You know, how are you going to do a podcast? What's it going to be about? So then I did, you know, the thing that I probably should have done the very first moment that it happened is I called one of my best friends and I was like, Robin, I have to tell you what happened. And, you know, she happens to be on episode two of my podcast. So, it's great you'll hear her story too i told her and i said this is what happened and i was just all amped up and she was like oh my gosh you have got to calm down like you are <laughs> out of control that's awesome i've never heard you like this before she said can you can you just calm down for a second and just tell me what happened so i replay it and i'm telling her about all the things i said look i need you to fly out here we're going back to portland in a couple of days and i need you to come to portland and work with me on this on this project maybe you could be my co-host maybe we can work together and i think at the time she probably thought i'm not going to be your co-host because <laughs> I'm just not doing that, Dawn, but she appeased me and she flew out and she spent two days with me and we sat on the front porch and we wrote out kind of this manifesto of what this, this whole podcast was going to be about. And as it materialized, it basically became less about my story And more about kind of the journey as being a mother to a gay son who was, you know, tormented and bullied at a very young age, Mm. who was immersed in mental illness at a young age, became an addict. And this was all right in the midst of of when his really active addiction was going on with heroin. So it's no surprise that Spirit was saying, hey, you got to talk about it. And heroin is such a, you know, it's such a scary drug. It's like mm. the worst, right? Yep, yep. And nobody really wants to talk about people that they know who are heroin addicts or, I mean, they're all, all of the drugs really have that stigma around them, but heroin is like the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Because heroin's the one where you're shooting up. You start out, you know, smoking, smoking it, and then you end up shooting up. And so- my son at this point was in a pretty bad spot you know he was covered in needle marks everywhere you know he doesn't have any veins that are that are not collapsed at this point he was living in a crack house when all this was going on we were living when we were out here and i was doing the meditation i almost feel like spirit was speaking to me to help get him out of the situation he was in and i didn't know he was in it as bad as he was when we were in portland we wrote out this, this whole podcast idea and we kept talking about, you know, let's record something. Let's see. How, and I had nothing at this point, Amy, I didn't have a mic. I didn't have a game plan. I mean, it's pretty much how I started my company too. You know, 15 years ago, I didn't have a business plan. I was just like, let's just wing it. Cause I'm a winger. Uh, <laughs> Me too. I, I feel like you are too. Yeah. Yep. I'm energized by just the, the feeling of the unknown and of what could be. So you see the
0: potential and then you work towards that.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, as an entrepreneur, that's that's kind of a, you know, that for me is where I get my rush out of. So I put, you know, I put together kind of this outline and she was more of the process person. She was like, okay, here's the pillars. We need those people. Yeah. We need those people, right? <laughs> so here are the pillars of what you're saying. So she wrote everything down as I was talking. I was talking like, thousand miles a minute. And she was like, okay, so you're talking about this. Okay, tell me about this story. Tell me about what this happened when Cole was this age. Tell me about that. And so she just had her laptop and she was writing all these notes down. And then I had this vision of like, oh my gosh, we're going to co-host this together. It's going to be so awesome. And then she flew home and it was like quiet for a while. And you know, she was dealing with some of her own personal stuff. And so I didn't want to bug her. And I I sat on it for a little bit. So I had this excitement and then I was like well, I started to doubt myself. Mm. Is anyone going to really listen? Do I really have a story that's worth sharing that could help anyone? So I started to deal with
0: that in my head. I just want to pause for a second yeah. because so many people are like, I wish spirit would talk to me. And then it, they di- spirit does talk to you or it comes <laughs> to you. And then we, we follow through with some of it and then we doubt it. And it's so amazing because the doubt can be so strong. It's so hard to go from that, you know, knowingness to then having to answer questions, right? If you if you could just like stay in that bubble of like knowingness, right, and not have to answer mm-hmm. so many questions to the outside world, then the doubt would probably be a lot less. You know, it's so brave of you to like see through that darkness, see through that doubt and and still keep going, right? Like that is so, so wonderful. But it's also I just want people to remember like. You can have such a clear sign and still be in so much doubt, and it's so yeah. interesting, and, and it's so important to keep listening to that signal from the universe. We to. were talking about signs, right? You know, we get those signs, and we're like, okay, it's all right, everything's gonna be okay. I have no idea how this is gonna work out. I'm just gonna keep going, <laughs> you know?
1: Absolutely, I'm keep
0: listening. Absolutely, and I think we talked on one of
1: the podcasts that you and I did together that I have a, you know, I have a spirit animal, like mm-hmm. a lot of people do and I really never paid attention to this, but I, I have been getting more signs lately, which we'll talk about, but my spirit animal are geese. And I know that sounds really kind of ridiculous, but <laughs> I, I mean, it's just a random, it's not like one it. goose. Cause there's never just one goose. It's like geese flying in formation. And, and I was noticing this a lot more. It was kind of, they were, they were popping out everywhere. And even in Portland where you never see geese. And then, I mean, you see them like on the golf course and stuff, but I live in the suburbs, so it was just kind of weird. I'd have these geese like fly over my head when I'd be in the backyard meditating or Mm. I'd be on a conference call and all of a sudden I would hear the geese way out in the distance and I'd be like, oh, like they're coming for me, you know? And (laughs) my poor husband, I mean, he must have thought I had just lost my shit. But anyway, so I had squelched, like you said, I stopped listening to the sign. I knew the sign had come, but I was doubting it. Mm. It was doubting it, and I would imagine like especially in your in your walk with what you you know what you do and how much of a, an energy healer you are, that it took a while to kind of figure out like no, actually Amy, you need to like listen to these spirits that are talking to you i can mm-hmm. I can only imagine how hard oh
0: yeah there's but I' say that there's been so many different coming outs <laughs> it, yeah. it just became a breaking point where it was harder to hold in everything that I knew and the light that I wanted to share than it was to hide it. Like it was harder yeah. to, to hold it in and hide it than it was to share it. So then I was just like, fuck it. It's all out there. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, no, no, no stopping me now. <laughs>
1: no, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, so I just felt like I kept doubting myself. Okay. I fly back to the desert because we had to go back for some stuff. The, I don't know if I ever told you the story. So I am listening to a podcast from Gabby Bernstein who is one of my, you know, mentors, idols what have you. Who by the way shares the same birthday as I do, which I Oh my watch.
0: gosh, that's so cool.
1: Isn't that weird? Same yeah. exact birthday. Huh. I think I'm older than her though, but that's fine. And so she and I were are like I'm always listening to her stuff and I have my my company, we are a mindfulness company. And so we meditate together and I got everybody that works for me on the Gabby Bernstein train. Right. And some people that worked that, that have been here that aren't here anymore, I don't think really, you know, they weren't the right people to be here because they didn't get it. They were like, what? I don't understand all this spiritual, like they confused it with, with being religious versus spirituality, that common thing. Right. But the ones that understand are, are the ones that, that get it and are here. So I was listening to a podcast and she happened to have raw goddess on and raw goddess is this beautiful black woman who is just, she's written some books. She's super spiritual and she's a, she's a life coach, but she's more of like a spiritual coach and have you ever heard her have you ever No, heard her?
0: no. That's okay. she's awesome.
1: You got to you got to check her out. So Ra it's spelled R H A Goddess and so she has a book out called The Calling. So I am literally listening to this podcast. I'm sitting in the backyard working and she's talking about how we doubt
0: ourselves. <laughs> I love I love it.
1: And how people you you know you sometimes get a sign and you go ah it's probably not a sign whatever so i am not even kidding you when i heard her talk i immediately got the book i got it on audio i downloaded it and i listened to it and at the end of of listening to that book i just said i got to do this i just got to do it i got to do i got to do the podcast i don't know what's going to happen i don't know who who's who it's going to reach but at this point i just got to do it and at that time, my good, my good friend Tony Davis mm-hmm. reached out to me and she said, Hey, I saw your post on Facebook that you're starting this podcast. And because you know, of course, I just threw that shit out on Facebook with no <laughs> no plan. Right. It sounds good. <laughs> and she was like, What is this? And she was texting me and she said, What is this about? It's about LGBTQIA, it's about mental health and addiction. She's like, I am on board. What can I do to help you? And she literally just wasn't even someone I thought that I would do anything with on this. She came into my universe. She brought me to you. Mm. She brought me to Dr. Rowe. She brought me to Dr. Lauren, all these amazing, amazing people. And we just were off and running. The podcast has been doing really, really well. It's been doing great.
0: That's awesome. I wanted to tell you a quick story about seeing a sign and then yeah. doubting it. I was really in a confused spot and I saw a sign. I was like, okay, that's, a, that's probably a sign, but I'm not sure. And I was like, let me see if there's another sign on the radio. So I turned the radio on and then there was, that was a sign. And then I was like, no, you know what? <laughs> I'm crazy. And then I changed the radio station. And it goes, I saw the sign. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> that exact <laughs> point of the song. And I was like, all right, I'm going to stop messing around. <laughs> I got it. I, I I'm listening. Isn't that so. something? I mean, it's just about being
1: aware and being conscious it's it so is, simple, yeah. but we just yeah. but we don't do it because we're so busy. We're so busy in our lives just trying to like get through the day and survive and then it's almost as if we're on autopilot all the time. And when you stop for a second and you just really sit with yourself and you go, "Wait a second. Let me just get centered." That's when things just start happening and you just start hearing I mean, I'm I'm no one special. I'm not a psychic. I'm not a medium. No one's no one's, you know, running running down my door to get me to do readings for them. This is not what I'm about. I'm just a normal person like anyone else who is really tapped into her spirituality and her awakening. I had to get there. It took me a long time. You know, I just celebrated my 53rd birthday. And I it's taken me a long time to get there, but I had to get there because my life as a child and what I went through with my son. I just don't think that I could have gotten through it without the spirituality.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it becomes this thing that helps to guide us and makes us feel like there's something more than what I'm experiencing right now. You know, I always say to people, you have a choice. You can either believe that it's happening for you or happening to you. And you know, I choose to believe that it happens for me, and that allows me to take that step forward. I don't feel like I'm a victim. I don't feel stuck. I feel like curious about life and why is this happening, and it gets me to Mm -hmm. the next. Phase or stage, whatever.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, for, I mean, just to step back a tad, I mean, obviously the journey that my husband and I have been on with our son, Cole, who, who, by the way, gave us his full blessing to do the podcast, the full blessing to talk about his story. He knows that I'm coming on your show. He's really excited to do some work with you. By the way, um, I love him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think once you meet him, like, really, I'm. I feel like you have met him already spiritually. Yeah, I but, do. <laughs> I feel
0: that but way too. But
1: I think once you connect with him, you're just going to be like, oh wow, because he's just an amazing person. You know, just with a lot in a lot of pain and mm-hmm. not a lot of tools he's learning the tools to get
0: right he's it. still young how old is he again 26 now still so, young but still. I mean that was when i woke up
1: <laughs> that's right and you know and also i mean the years of doing drugs i mean he's been doing drugs since he was 13 years old that impacts
0: everything right yeah um, they say that you you actually revert back to the year the age that you were when you first started at, in terms of tools right it's absolutely true we watch it
1: happen and I get really frustrated with him when I'm like, okay, what are you doing today? Are you working on this today? Are you working on and he just his attention span is and his patience level is that of like a 14, 15 year old. Mm. And I don't think people really understand that. And so they will say to me, like, oh, he's 26 years old and what's he doing now? You know, it's like, well, he's trying to stay clean. That's yeah, what he's doing yeah. right now. Which you know, is he's, massive. It's massive. And clean be, staying clean and sober is hard enough. And when you are plagued with, you know, a lot of mental health issues, that's a second part. And then you Throwing COVID. (laughs) Throwing COVID. Yeah. And then you have the sexual, you know, sexual abuse stuff that happened to him. And so it's kind of interesting, but as to step back a little bit. So I really believe that God, universe, spirit, what have you, does not ever give you more than you can handle. In this lifetime, and there's always lessons from every situation that happens. You may not understand it at the time, right. and you there's two school of thoughts. You can be that person who's in the victim mindset of like, and we know you know we all have friends like this, or we have had friends like this that are, like, or we've been like this, <laughs> or we've been like this that have right. been like, why is this happening to me?
0: Mm-hmm. Here it is
1: again. Why does this keep happening? You know, I can never catch a break, and and that is really something that I think Cole struggles with, he he says that a lot to me, and I'm trying to kind of change his mindset around that. Mm. But when that kind of stuff happens, it's really difficult to move out into a place of gratitude and compassion and hope because you are just, you're stuck in this place of being a victim. As a survivor myself of sexual abuse, I just found it really interesting that Spirit God <laughs> gave me a son that was going to walk somewhat of the same journey that I was walking mm. right that that we so desperately try to as parents to make sure and protect our kids you know you have a son yep. Yep. don't ever want anything no. that you went through to happen and he says to
0: me i'm too pro- overprotective sometimes <laughs> i bet you are it's <laughs> kind of funny
1: i think we all are as you know and we when we're when we've lived a life of abuse or trauma mm-hmm. we want to do everything to protect i mean we will we will s- scratch and claw our way to make sure that our children don't experience the same thing mm-hmm. so i think you and i you know we talked a little bit about when we did the eft tapping that you did with me the session we cleared out a lot of a lot of stuff which was amazing and i appreciated that so much there were a lot of things that i still haven't cleared out Sure. Yeah. Which I need to, right?
0: There's so many layers.
1: Yeah. And I think you know some of that just intuitively from knowing me. Right. Right.
0: You know, and that's a thing that we could talk about is just how trauma can be passed on. So not only, you know, did you experience it, but he was inside your womb while you still had that energy Mm -hmm. and while you were trying to heal that and release that. Because he was an egg inside you and you were an egg inside your grandmother. I mean, technically all that energy is being passed along and if it isn't healed then it gets you know stored and and that's the unfortunate thing is it can then almost become like a breeding ground for more experiences that are like that because there's this inner term- turmoil going on that almost is like pretty silent unless you sit down and listen yeah
1: it's so true for us for our journey together you know i think it is a matter of like I said earlier, I had thought that this whole podcast was was not going to be about about me. It was going to be about my son and my husband and I, our journey with Cole and and you know him sharing some stories with us. And what has actually ended up happening in the last few episodes that we've recorded is my shit is starting to come out now, <laughs> which <laughs> I really didn't plan on that happening, um, oh, but it's happening. Funny.
0: Well, you know what? You are so open to being vulnerable. And I love that. I mean, somebody in your position who has experienced a trauma that you've had, being someone who can be so open and vulnerable, that just shows how much healing you've done. That you can just be like, you know what? Here's my shit. And this is what I've worked through. And this is what I've been through. And this is where I'm at. And this is where I want to be. And I may not be there yet, but that's okay because I know I'll get there eventually.
1: I think when you first, well, thank you for saying that. And when you first met me, and maybe this isn't a fair question since you're psychic but did you have <laughs> did you have any idea like like this is the part i think is interesting is when people meet me and they just see me or they just know me intuitively by like what i do for a living and the and just kind of the facade right that we mm-hmm. all have right people make judgment a judgment call of like oh yeah she's you know she's lived her life this way or she's
0: She's got, she's, she's got it all pretty. together. She's she looks like she's you know, she's her hair's combed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my like hair's she, combed for you. Uh, I notice <laughs> you look beautiful. Um, but you know, people do make preconceived notions about what people are like or what they've experienced and I thankfully am not that kind of person that does that, or at least I very much try not to. I catch myself if I ever do make a, a judgment. First of all, I don't want to be met with judgment myself, you know. So I don't put it out into the world. I, I remember when I spoke to Tony about the podcast, and I was like, "Wow, what a heavy topic that you're, you know, that you're taking on." Like, wow, like she must have done a lot of spiritual work. And I said that to her, and I said. You know, I hope that she's done enough spiritual work that she's capable of carrying the energy of the podcast, and that it doesn't become overwhelming. And she was like, "Oh yeah, she's done lots of work." And I was like, "Good for her. You know, if she's willing Mm -hmm. to do this and she's done her work and she's, you know, sees that this is, you know, you turn your mess into your message."
1: Oh, I love that so much that you just said that.
0: And I, I think she told me too that
1: you were like, "Here is a clearing energy podcast for Dawn." make sure she's doing this.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: before I do my podcasts, and I think you're the same way, I'm always clearing the energy. I have, you know, my candles lit, my crystals. I got all my, I got all my stuff, you know, I've mm-hmm. got my little area. I've actually interviewed people pre-podcast who are just, it, they're just not going to, it's not going to work. Like I've interviewed, I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but I've interviewed people. And I'm just like, you're not through to the other side yet to where your message is going to be beneficial to help others. It's not that you have to figure it out, but it's just you aren't in a spot where you can talk about your
0: stuff and not have it be a, a therapy session. While right. You're that. Does that
1: make right. sense? Right, and that's,
0: that's exactly what I told Tony. I said we want to make sure that when she delivers her message that she, the audience doesn't feel like they have to hold her instead of learning and yeah. being, you know, like we don't, yeah. We, yeah, like you said, you don't want it to be a therapy session for that person and no. including other people who, you know, whatever. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> I do, but I but I have to say when we did our EFT session, I mean, you were
1: holding me, you were helping me because that right. was really- uh, That
0: was different kind of situation. Yeah,
1: it really was. I mean, the stuff that, uh, the, the interesting part about that and why you're so gifted and it's so impressive to me is that we didn't know, we really didn't know much about it, each other. And you don't know all of my of my childhood shit, and so the stuff that you tapped into, right, was pretty amazing. So, so I'll just I'll just share a little bit about that. You know, just kind of at a high level. So I I'm Italian, so I grew up in a really great family, big family. You know, did you know I am too? I grew up in. An I don't Italian think family. I did know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh wow, this this makes a lot of sense. But you've got brothers and sisters, right? Yes, I do. I have oh, a lot. See. Yeah, yeah. I don't have that. I know. I'm bummed. I have a half brother, but I don't, we're not super close. So gosh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. How funny. So, um, well, Italians are great. Let's <laughs> very just loud. Say
0: that. <laughs> we like to yell and then forget about it, exactly. <laughs> which is forget very confusing to a lot of other people. <laughs>
1: No, and also I remember the first time that my husband ever came to dinner at my grandfather's house, and there were like fifteen of us, and everyone was just screaming at the table, (laughs) and like pass that, give me the pasta, you know, and and he was just like, what the hell is going on? And my grandpa was yelling at him from across the table, you know, manja, manja, you're not you're not eating enough, and you know he's Basque. And my my grandfather was like, "Who? What the hell is Basque? That's not even that doesn't even doesn't even count." And Ryan was like, "Well, this is my family, you know." And my grandfather's like, "Nah, you're not Italian. It doesn't matter." So we're just used to being really kind of you know we're talkers. We talk with our hands. We mm-hmm. have to get our point across. What and it's not yelling.
0: No, I, it does sound like that. My wife is British, so oh my gosh. <laughs> Wow. We come from very different sides, but she always she loves my crazy family, and they love her. But oh, it, at bet. first, it was they were like, "What's wrong with her? Why won't she talk?" <laughs> and she was just kind of like a deer in the headlights when she met them. They were just like way overwhelming for her. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she was like, "I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm nervous." Right? Yeah, <laughs> like Ryan. Ryan was the same. <laughs> you know, I came from really big family, lots of cousins and all of that. Lots of family traditions, Italian family traditions. I was really close with my grandmother. She passed away when I was 17, and she came to me a lot when she passed away. She came came into my room a lot, sat at the edge of the bed. It was just really interesting for a couple of years. It, it went on and. I thought I was, you know, I thought I was crazy. I didn't tell anybody about it, but it was, it was really interesting. And she came, came to me quite often. She was a big part of, of kind of helping my mom raise me, her and my grandfather. And my grandfather and I are really close as well. He's with me all the time. So my mom was a a single mom for a while. You know, she left my dad, I think I was about five years old. And I had, you know, I had a lot of issues as a kid. Like I was a bedwetter. I was a thumb sucker till I think I was like nine. I can't even believe I'm talking about this right now because it's so embarrassing. I don't worry. I, I don't, know
0: another another thumb sucker that very late, I, in the, <laughs> late in the game.
1: I mean, I don't know what's worse, the bedwetting or the thumb sucking. But clearly, behavioral issues happen. There was a lot right. of stuff happening. Right. I remember pretty vividly my biological father being very loud and very aggressive and verbally abusive to to my mom. And I also remember at that age seeing a lot of, of of violence, just a lot of things being thrown and people, things being pushed around and that kind of thing. And I was I was scared of him. I was very scared of him. And, you know, you're five years old, it's kind of larger than life. That's not really typically what a five-year-old should be feeling about their no. father he remarried and she remarried and I had a great stepdad and he was, he was really good to me. And, but he was also very conservative. So he believed in spanking, just a very specific type of, of way to discipline, which I mean, I was scared of him too, but I had a lot of respect for him and he was really good to me. So they were together for a while and I think I was probably around 12 years old. I was doing the sharing back and forth between my mom and my dad's house. My dad was remarried. He's still with his his wife, my stepmom, and they had a son who ironically is is named Ryan. And he he and I were about 10 years apart. And so I would go there and I just loved taking care of him. He was, you know, so great. He was little and looked up to me and all of that. And so I I was kind of starting at that age to just be really defiant with my mom, so I decided to, you know, do the whole like I'm leaving. I'm going to go live with dad. I don't want to be around you anymore, right? Which mm-hmm. obviously broke my mother's heart. When I got to the house there and I was living with them, it was fine for a while. And then I started to see some abuse happening. You know, a lot of more yelling. I'd see my dad push my stepmom around, smack her. I started protecting my brother a lot. And there were a couple of times when things got really out of hand. And I'll never forget this story. I'll just tell this one story because it's it, it was kind of a game changer for me. And just so people are, that are listening that have been in an abusive situation, you know, I want to make sure that you feel really grounded right now when you hear this story. They had had a party at their house and my brother was like four, three or four. And he was in bed and I heard them in the backyard laughing and all the stuff. And then people were leaving and I heard the door slam and I was laying in bed and I heard my dad screaming at my stepmom and it was really bad and I heard her screaming for help and so I got out of bed and I ran down the hall and I was was quiet but I ran down the hall and I saw her run out the garage door and him come after her and the door was kind of ajar and so I ran out to see what was going on and I was kind of peering out and I saw him grab her from the back of her head and take her head and hit her head into the hood of the car. And I remember that in like in slow motion Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I hit the garage button, the garage door. It was just instinct. And she ran out the door, right? And she ran down the street and then he ran after her. And then I ran back into the house. My brother had woken up. I grabbed my brother. He and I barricaded ourselves into the bathroom. I locked the bathroom door. I mean, I get chills thinking about it because it's such an, uh, it was such a moment for me. And he was pounding on the door, and what is so interesting is that I realized at that moment how brave I was. I did something like I right. got her out of that right. situation, and then i I scooped up my brother and i and I pulled him in, you know, so I don't know where that comes from because. Right. Some people, it doesn't happen for, for you like that. And that's okay too, because you have to survive however you know how to survive. And sometimes you're not that person who is going to stand up and scream and say, stop. You might be that person that has to protect yourself and be quiet. And that's okay too, you know, but I, in that moment, I had strength to encourage, to protect, And that is literally the theme, I think, of my entire life, (laughs) is just figuring out how to survive and do what I need to do to be safe and to protect. That was one story of a million stories that started the abuse. But we talk a little bit, you and I have talked a little bit about just being, you know, not always feeling safe.
0: It's, yeah, it's really important for the human body to feel safe. And it's really important to feel safe in your body. So- Doing the work to do that is really essential. I think for overall health and you know mental health and mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it really is the foundation of our health.
1: Absolutely, and so it's taken. You know, it's taken a long time. I still struggle with feeling safe. You know, at times when things are kind of off the rails, it's it's hard to keep myself grounded. That's why I think the meditation is so important and the spirituality is so important, mm-hmm. or prayer or whatever. You know, whatever it is that you that you believe in that was the beginning of the first glimpse of what abuse was really was really like and i ended up living unfortunately i ended up living there for about four more years until <sighs> i left yeah until i left i ran away wow. i actually ran away but the you know and i i don't know if i ever shared this with you you know the the physical abuse was was pretty awful But the sexual abuse started and I was probably about 14, maybe 14, 13 and a half, 14 when it started. And, you know, for many years, Amy, like I just couldn't bring myself to talk about it. It feels shameful, Mm -hmm. right? You know, and then I wonder, like, did spirit talk to me about this podcast? Because this is what I needed to talk about, you know, And and not to just keep, you know, not to rehash it all the time, but to to give energy and, and power to those that are listening who have been a victim of abuse in some form for them to know that they're okay. They're going to be okay.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's not
1: your fault. It's right. never your fault. No matter how many times you think, gosh, if I had just, you know, you're a teenage girl and I'm thinking, God, if I had just, you know, done my homework when I said I was going to do it, if I had just done this, I wouldn't have gotten hit, you know, if I had just taken out the trash. I mean, you start to minimize, you know, your own existence because you're trying to
0: figure out why this is happening to you right 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 it's that makes human, sense yeah of course you want to figure out how can i make myself safe and maybe if i had done this or if i'd done that that is such an incredible story i love that you realized who what you were made out of you know in that moment and that you shared that with us because that's just amazing and nice. your and your brother i mean he must have been so grateful for you protecting over him he he is i mean we got reconnected a few years ago and, through Facebook.
1: We're not as close as I would like us to be and I know he'd like to be too but he's, you know, he's got a lot of things he's still dealing with. He
0: Sure.
1: I feel tremendous amount of guilt for leaving him there. And saving
0: yourself, right?
1: And saving myself and running down the street and getting away from my biological father and and my st- you know, and I feel bad for my stepmom who is still with him and still is is trapped in this marriage and probably just doesn't feel like she can get away and no judgment there you know i mean we all do what we have to do but but there was just something different about me i i think that i just feel like there's never any limitations that we can always we can always have a voice we can always get out of of the mess that we're in it's never the end of the world you know even in my situation People that know me, when they hear the stories, when they hear the details, which obviously we're not sharing a ton of details, but I have lots and lots of stories that are not good stories, but are relevant to to kind of this whole topic, people go, wow, I can't even believe it. You can understand why I was given a child who needed a mother like me, because mm-hmm. anybody else who would be dealing with the stuff that we've been dealing with with our son probably wouldn't have been able to do it.
0: It's very difficult.
1: Is you know what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: and when people say, "Gosh, I can't believe you have had to go through all this stuff with your son," and I don't know how you do it, I know how I do it is because I am, I am spiritually aligned. I'm protected. I am grounded, and I, you know, and I think that this is really, this has been my calling, and so. Doing this podcast and like meeting people like you have been such a blessing for me because I don't think, I, I don't really think my story ever would have been told. And I certainly don't think our, our story with Cole would have been told had I not had this awakening. Right. That literally happened. And, you know, I know that my family here is going to hear this. Maybe some of this is a surprise to some people in my family, maybe not. But at this point, I don't care. Like I just have to speak my truth. And I have no relationship with my father. I haven't seen him in person since I was 22. He spent a very short amount of time in jail, very short, and then basically got out and had to go into like a anger management deal, which didn't really work because he ended up abusing my, my brother. So he's just not a good soul and not somebody that I need to be a part of. And I actually have no, I have no anger around it. It's just kind of where you put it you know, I've just, I've put it in its place. Mm-hmm. It doesn't define me. It, the things that happen to me don't define who I am as a person and as a mother and a wife and a friend. That part of the, that part of my life is, is pretty much, you know, is what it is. It does the impact of, of some of those things have, have they changed the course of my life? Absolutely. And did I pick bad husbands and, and men and, all of that husbands. I mean, I didn't have that many, but um, (laughs) I should clarify, but you know, do you know, bad partners, right? I mean, when you are a victim of sex abuse and physical abuse, you don't always tend to have a great man picker. Right, right, right. Or woman picker, I think, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, of course I, you're going to be confused about what is love and what can I expect? Because, I mean, that's the ultimate betrayal. I mean, other than betraying yourself, your parents are the ones that you hope will always keep you safe. And obviously that was not the case. Have you heard of Debbie, Dr. Debbie Silber? No. So I just interviewed her on the podcast. It'll be coming out. But she has a book that's called Trust Again. And you'd love, yeah, you'd love her. Yeah, I I would love that because don't you
1: think that in your experience and people that you know and, and in general with all of the work that you do, don't you think it's interesting how people who've been in an abusive situation, not only is, the betray- is betrayal a big thing for them, trust mm. and feeling safe, I mean, they go together, is so huge.
0: Yeah, you've suffered from physically from the consequences of that stress, right? Like you mm-hmm. have seen it in your body, you've like it's manifested its way into your body. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem is that when we don't feel safe, it slowly degrades our immune system in our body and uh, and that's why I'm so passionate about helping people to remove the trauma, the, 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 feel of the trauma within the body. I mean, you're never going to like erase the memory, right? You're not going to forget it, but you want to remove how it feels within your body. And, and I don't know if you know this, but when you grow up in a very chaotic family, your cortisol levels almost never come back down to a normal level. Mm. So it's very very difficult to bring down those cortisol levels So for the rest of your life, you'll have higher levels of stress hormones running through your body I don't know that they ever included anybody who does the kind of work that you do or I do, you know to mitigate those issues It is a real thing. You know stress does affect the body Yeah, it's like
1: it because you're in that fight or flight always and you're like Mm -hmm. running from the bear your body doesn't doesn't know when it doesn't have to run anymore, right?
0: Right, right. It's hypervigilant. Yeah, I was a runner as a kid. There was there was definitely some chaotic stuff going on at home. I that was my thing. My <laughs> mom used to be like, "Why, <laughs> why when you get confused, you just run?" <laughs> like, and I was like, "I don't know," but I, it was the fight or flight. It was what I was choosing. But yeah, we <laughs> we we deal with things how we can. You know, I was in a situation where I felt like I couldn't fight back either and you know I've learned how to deal with that but I I I just still suffer the consequences of that in fact that's I have a problem wearing masks because of it because of you know covering the breathing and mouth and stuff so not having a voice and anyway oh my gosh that's an amazing
1: that's an amazing thing you just shared you know what my weird thing is and I didn't even tell you this that I have an issue with blinds being drawn which is why I'm in this room in this room right now with these blinds I have to have light. I have to have, I have to be able to see out and for someone to see in because of the, uh, you know, sexual abuse for for a while that I couldn't, you know, it was very, always very dark, right? And it was Mm -hmm. always at different times at night or when my stepmom wasn't home or whatever. So I feel I have a lot of anxiety with, with things being closed up. You need to tap on that.
0: Oh for sure. Yeah, and I keep saying like I keep I do I've done a lot of work around breathing and masks and things like that, but I keep saying I there's just something else I got to move. There's just something else cuz it just still is such an issue. And it's amazing how ingrained it can be and how many layers below it can be, you know? Yeah. Have you been working on that for a while for yourself? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically since I started this journey at 26 and I'm 40 now. I just turned 40 this year. Oh, yeah. So you would also be very interested to talk to Deepa. She was on the podcast as well. And she, talk, she was through, went through a lot of trauma. And she has that thing. She talks about how light can trigger the fight or flight response at oh, night. Oh, really? hmm And j- anyway, you just find it interesting. She talks a lot about cortisol. She has a child who actually doesn't make cortisol. And so he, yeah, he actually, it's adrenaline. He doesn't make adrenaline. And so he could actually die from some sort of situation, which he gets shocked. Like, so if he was going down the street and she like slammed on the brakes, if he was like scared, he could die of the shock because he doesn't have the adrenaline to run through and mitigate the effects of the shock that you experience. Isn't that amazing? Wow. I so, never you, even heard of that. Yeah. And that's, that's her son has that. So she's had to learn how to take care of him. And so she's learned a lot about the adrenals and, you know, everything that goes along with that and cortisol and all that. So it's just, it's a fascinating the kind of journeys that we get set on, right? You know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what's really funny. I was just thinking about this is I've been through a lot of therapy with Cole and we were in therapy one time and he he looked at me and he was like, almost like he was angry. and He was like, you know, mom, it's fine that we're talking about all of my shit and the things that I need to work on and and the sexual abuse and all the stuff that happened to me when I was living on the street and all of that. He said, but you need to talk about your shit. You need to talk about your dad and what happened to you. And you're just, you know what you do to just basically bypass dealing with your your pain and I was like what he says you just work really hard you mm-hmm. just you just keep working and you keep busy and you don't know how to relax because you want to constantly keep your mind moving so you don't have to think about what happened to you and i remember when he said that to me you're like, and then it. i know and then you're and then when we started tapping and you were like here's what your higher self said to me i was like damn okay so yeah he he said that to me and so when i told him i said you know I'm going to start talking about this on the podcast. And I'm, you know, it's not going to be a huge long drawn out thing on a show, but I'm going to talk about it. He was like, "Mom, I'm so proud of you for doing that." So It's amazing. Wow. Yeah, so he was a big part of what that cool whole conversation. Oh yeah, I mean, I just can't wait for you to meet him. But yeah, I mean, this has been this has been an interesting journey. I think it's it's funny how you start off thinking that it's going to be one thing and then it ends up You know, it's not just healing, helping other people heal. I'm healing through this Mm -hmm. whole journey.
0: That's what Uh I found so amazing when I did my sessions with people is that every time that I would watch them moving out programs or... Becoming vulnerable or, you know, allowing themselves to relax. I I got a healing. You know, I could see the layers that they were moving. And with every healing that I gave, I also got a healing. And I, I always part of actually part of that process really relied on me moving my own stuff as well. I just it was mind blowing how the universe would bring me the people that I needed to see in a week that I was working on something. So each person in that week would have a piece of something that I was trying to work on or move. And I'd be able to see it because I was looking at them and it would be a mirror back to me of that deeper inner thing that I couldn't see, but then I could see it in them. And then I realized it was in me. And so as soon as I moved it in me, it would move in them. It was amazing. Well, is that happening right now for us? Yes. There was a moment back 10 minutes ago where I started to get information and imaging and energy and I had to clear it as I was Um. talking to you.
1: Interesting, yeah. yeah.
0: So I was like, "Wow, thank you." I'll yeah, for
1: that. it was right there. Well, you know, I want to tell you a couple of things before we before we go. But I, so we were talking about signs earlier and how we just have to pay attention to what the signs are. And my spirit animal are geese, so of course I'm always on the hunt for a, for a goose or a geese. <laughs> a golden goose. <laughs> I mean, always looking for mm-hmm. one. We have a out here where we live in the desert. There's a golf course that we're on, and my girlfriend Michelle and I, we. We live down the street from each other and she's amazing and we're always golfing together and there's this one lone goose that will follow our cart will follow us. So he will come out of nowhere. First of all, you know, geese are very, they're, they're mean. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's why I'm laughing that they're your thing. Yeah. They're my thing. I know. And they poop a lot. It's like a hostile. Yeah. And I'm always constipated. So there must be a problem there. I don't know. There's a connection. So anyway, so, so this goose like flew in. I mean, I have this on video. I have to show it to you. We're in our cart, our golf cart, and we're going up to the, I think it's like the third or fourth hole. Every day when we would golf together, this goose would fly in, land right by us and just like talk to it, like stand by the cart, like where, you know, so she started. <laughs> How's reading. it going? Yeah. What are you up She's, to? Yeah. And so I told her about, about the goose being my spirit animal. And she was like, this is crazy. I didn't realize that there was such a thing. And I said, no, he's, he's here. He's here for me. So. I wanted to believe that, but then all of a sudden the goose started following her around, but that's because I think because she had corn in her pocket, so she'd bring <laughs> all this corn, right? Yeah. She'd be like, look, he's following me. I'm like, well, you're full of corn. That's why. <laughs> so this goose would, we have a picture of of Michelle and I, both of us have, are down on the, on the ground. Our husbands took a picture. The goose is in the middle. She's on one side, I'm on the other, and we're literally like, uh, not even two inches from this go- from this goose. Wow! And he's like right at us, looking at us, and we got the picture taken. <laughs> I have to send it to you.
0: That's so funny. I want to see it's, it. That's it's hilarious. so crazy.
1: But anyway, so a couple of weeks ago, maybe about a week ago, I was texting with you, and I was saying, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going through some tough times right now. I got a lot a lot of decisions to make. Got some big things happening. Here's what happened. You're gonna freak out. Well, you're probably not because you're gonna say like, oh yeah, Don. But I legitimately for the for your listeners right now you have to know how amazing this story is and how this literally happened and i am not fabricating any piece of it so i'm outside by the pool again meditating super early in the morning i had woken up i'd had a really bad dream i don't get these kind of dreams i had a dream that my my son had died and he's doing well right now so it was just a really random dream I woke up. I was hyperventilating. I was breathing really heavy. Ryan was like, What's wrong? I said, I don't know. I just had the worst dream. And I couldn't articulate what the dream was at the moment. I just had to get out of bed. It was mm-hmm. probably like six in the morning. I went outside. My heart was racing so bad and I couldn't get my, I couldn't calm myself down. And so I went outside. I got on the lounge chair and I started praying. And I was just like, You know, spirit, like, I have got to get. You know, you've got to help calm me down right now. What is happening? And you know, I asked for guidance and understanding and and compassion. And I, you know, I was just kind of doing my whole thing. And I, I was there for probably I don't know five or ten minutes. I opened up my eyes, and on my like shoulder, because I had like a little black sweater or black sweatshirt on, on my shoulder is a white feather, mm. just a little one. Now there's no birds in around me. And there's no white birds, so I'm like, "What the hell is that about?" <laughs> so I looked it up. Do you do you know what a white feather signifies?
0: I have a huge white feather in my my office because that's my sign from angels. So I would say it's <gasps> a sign from angels.
1: Yes, it is. It's a sign from angels, and I have to read. I have to find out. I need to look this up really quick. Okay, white feather meaning. So this was this was crazy because I was obviously feeling very nervous very scared. So it says here, if you've ever found a white feather on your path with no explanation as to how it got there, you'll be pleased to know that a white feather could be a gift from the angels in heaven. Mm. Angels are silent and they rarely make their presence felt. Often this presence is in the form of a solitary white feather. Feathers are always a sign of from the spiritual world to let us know that they are always near. And are taking care of us. It could be an acknowledgement to your thought or an answer to a question in your mind, or it might be—it might as well be a hello from them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Feather set signs generally appear in your path, or at your doorstep, or in your home, or on your person. It might just stick out somewhere or catch your attention somehow. I mean, this is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. What is going on in your life? Do you feel safe? how did it make you feel when you found the feather? That Fe- The white feather implies purity, peace, love, hope, heaven, angels, and protection. Yes. Love it. I just freaked the fuck out when I saw that <laughs> white feather. I literally just laid there for a second and I was like, I didn't want to touch it. I just right. was looking yeah. at it. Yeah, I was just like, oh my God. Oh my God. So then Ryan comes outside. And he's like, what's going on? I go, oh, my God. And I'm like crying. I go, this white feather disappeared out of nowhere. And he was like, well, that's really interesting. Okay, so (laughs) fast forward. Yeah, this is Ryan. He's like, wow, okay. Fast forward. He's starting to understand. He's starting to get this now. Fast forward to about two days later in the house, we are cooking dinner. And I look down on the floor by the refrigerator and there is a gray feather in the house. Do you know what a gray feather is? No, I don't. I don't. I have no idea. Okay. I didn't know the, there was a difference. There's a difference in all the different colors of the feathers, which I didn't know either. So he says to me, I pick it up and I go, Wow, look at this feather. And I, I actually started to, to get emotional. Like I started to cry. And he goes, What is going on with you? And I said, <laughs> Ryan, there are signs everywhere because I was trying, I was kind of dealing with a really big decision with my business Mm -hmm. and some other things going on in my life. So I could not believe it. I go, he actually, he grabbed the phone, his phone, and he goes, let me see what it means. And he (laughs) looked it up, which I thought was so funny. Oh my gosh, I have to find it. A gray feather means that your angel is telling you that the answer to your question or problem is not a simple yes or no. It might just be somewhere in the middle. If you found a gray feather you may have been left wondering how it got where you found it. If you find a gray feather in your home, gray feathers are a call to return to peace and can be a sign that the answer to your question is not simple. Because I've been grappling with this big mm. question. And so
0: all of a sudden, I have a gray feather in my kitchen. What do you do with That's that? crazy. I know. I know recently, actually it was about a year ago. I was like, you know what? I want to have signs from angels because I used to have, and I still do actually, when I see a dime, 10 cents on the ground, I'm like, great. I'm on the path. And then I was mm. like, you know what? I want feathers to be my thing. Well, feathers <laughs> have been constantly showing up since then about a year ago. And I didn't know there was a difference between the colors. So I'll pay attention to that now. But yeah, like yesterday I was taking off my clothes and there was a feather on the inside of my my shirt as I I took it out. I'm like, what? It was stuck into the shirt. And I was like, how in random. the world is that there?
1: <laughs> yeah. That's so random. I know. And, but,
0: but, you know, there is so much, first of all, and also snakes. Ugh. I don't like them. I have a love-hate relationship with them because they represent transformation. Right now I'm going through some stuff like, you know, trying to manifest some stuff. And I have, so it's cold. It's been cold here. We've had snow. We've had about eight inches. And I come back down after being on our trip. And I look in the window, well, and there's a friggin' snake. And it was the first time I was recording a podcast since I was gone. I was like, okay, I hear you. I see you. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> wow. I, you know, this is, you know, we're, we're up leveling here. So then I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. And then yesterday we were cleaning everything up because, you know, it's time for winter. You put everything away from the summer, all the furniture and all that. And there's a friggin' snake. And, and I even say to Fen, I'm like, oh, there's another snake right there. And it was white. And I was like, and she couldn't find it. And that, so she almost kind of didn't believe me. And she's like, but there are white snakes around here. And I was like, wow. I don't even want to know. So then yesterday I'm out with side with Aiden and I'm riding my bike and I decide to stop to raise the seat up a bit. And I stop and there's a snake right by my foot. You are kidding me. And I was like, all right, I hear you guys. Like, I hear you. This is, I'm, you know, I'm in for a big transformation. I love it. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm there, you know, and plus with so the feathers have been showing up and then this, you'll find this funny. So dimes are my thing, right? Yeah. So I take Aiden out for coffee, you know he didn't have coffee, but I did, and he, <laughs> and he had hot chocolate and we we ride to the the park and we, we meet a friend of his and the kids are so. Wondering why there's a guy out in the field, the baseball field, with a metal detector. Like there's two six-year-olds. Like what is he doing? You know, and, and the adults are like, what the hell is he doing? Aren't we all wondering what they are doing out right. there? Right. Yeah. So anyway, so he, he, so the kids like we try to tell them we're like, you know, he's looking for metal. He's looking for maybe somebody dropped an earring or a ring or something like that or some money, and they still don't believe us. Like they're like, I need to hear it from him. So they ask him, and he's like, oh, I'm just looking for this, that, and the other thing. So he turns around and walks. And I look down, straight down at my feet, and there's a dime, and there's a penny, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this guy has been searching that whole field for money, right?" And I, here I am, just standing on it. <laughs> so and I there looked, it was. Yeah. So anyway, so Aiden's like, "Can I have it?" And I'm like, "You can have a penny." <laughs> because I was like, you know, the dime means something to me. And so then I had to explain to him, I'm like, I'm like, I'll give you the dime. It's fine. You know? And then he was like, no mom, it means something to you. You keep it. And so he was really cute about it. And then he was like, let (laughs) me go bring that penny to the guy that was out searching. (laughs) And the guy didn't want the penny. And I was just like, this is so funny. Anyway, you know, I do believe that the signs are all around and I love that you look at them and I love that you're so open to receiving them and look them up. And I think it's great guidance, right? When you're feeling confused, you know, we want to have that sense that we're safe or that we're on the right path or that we should just keep going, you know, and even though we can't see past the ledge, you know, to take that next step, we still need to do that next step, even though it's so scary. And, and it feels so right. <laughs> no,
1: I know. And the whole theme of kind of this podcast and why we we decided to get on, it's, it's so great what you just said. It's just all around transformation, you know? And the fact that, I mean, I didn't realize that about snakes. I actually like snakes. My husband does not, but I'm we used to have a snake. Cole had a snake when he was little. Oh god. It did get out. It got out of it got out in the house. I know. I shouldn't even tell you the story. It did. I hear stories about this. And then I did Oh God, that's so scary. I know. So how'd you find it? Where was it? Well, we sold the house and we never found it. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) But maybe the new maybe I'm totally going to help. Maybe the new owners did. Well, look, here's the reality. It was really a friendly snake and it was very sweet. And we would feed it. We fed it like the little pinkies. Those are like the little baby mice, you know. And then when it got bigger, you have to feed it real mice. And that's when I was starting to get kind of freaked out. And he loved it. He was like, mommy, it's so great. He was like six. And he had a friend over one day who was playing with it and we're blaming it on this kid. I mean, it was totally, this kid was a problem. He left the lid open. I'll never forget this kid. His name was Steven. And he left, Steven left the lid open and the snake came out somehow because that night when we went, we, Cole went to bed, he was like, Mommy, the snake's snake's not here. And I was like, like, oh, he's got to be in there. And he's like, Mommy, no, look at the lid is open. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) So we went through the whole house looking. And we basically think what happened is it probably crawled into one of the- Air vents? vents? Yeah. Air vents is where they go. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. Well, the house (laughs) needed some transformation, apparently. I had no idea that's what the snake signified. Yeah,
0: well, because they shed their skin, you know? (sighs) Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I, didn't, I haven't looked too deep into it because um, I just really don't even want to think about it. But out here in Colorado, people think it's really funny to post pictures of the, the snake that's in their backyard. And I'm just like, please, people, you know, like yeah. use some caution here. <laughs> Maybe like put a black picture and then like we have to scroll through a couple of pictures or put it in the comments. Yeah, I'm like I don't I just don't need to see those pictures. I'm I'm actually I've done a lot of EFT on it, believe it or not. So I actually can be around them. You should have seen before I did EFT. I actually hyperventilated and pretty like you know the word hysteria. Like when somebody yeah. has like hysteria, that is what I had. Like I lost my ever loving mind. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't talk. I and it was just caught in our window well. It was very large. Looked wow. like a rattlesnake, but it wasn't. It was the other one that looks like it, uh, a bull snake. And so I thought that it could get through the window, like I. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, and but and I was you, completely mistaken that it could get through the window. But I, I, I just I lost my mind, and my wife was like, "So you've oh. always had a you've always had a thing about snakes, huh?" Well, it was imprinted from my mom. My mom told me that oh. we should be afraid of snakes, and she would run into the house screaming and. Either she or I, I don't even remember. It could have been me. I think it was me. We saw a snake outside when I was younger and I ran into the house and got on top of a stool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because, Yeah, because she was screaming. So I was screaming. <laughs> you know, and I was running. She was running. I don't like that they show up when I'm not expecting it, but I do like that they represent transformation because hello, I'm Stark Transformation and I'm all about transformation. And Yeah, you are. Up level. Are. But- I can't even believe how lucky
1: you know I am to have found you just to have run across you. I mean, we're both lucky. Let's be
0: honest. I feel, oh yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. I'm pretty great too. <laughs> no, I love you. I think you're an amazing person. I think that you are so brave to be telling your story and, and we understand the larger picture of, of needing to share our stories, whether they're pleasant or not. It's, it's for growth. It's for up-leveling. It's for healing. We're helpers in this world. And, and actually, that's, did you know that's why I call it the Ophelia podcast? Ophelia means helper. Yes.
1: You told me that in the very beginning. I love that name. Did, did that just come to you?
0: Yes, it did. Yeah. God.
1: Yeah. Isn't it funny how these names come to us? Mm-hmm. You know, the l- light from the rabbit hole was like this really strange thing. You know, when I was telling you in the beginning how I was writing and journaling, I kept I kept writing, you know, in the rabbit hole, from the rabbit hole. Wow. And Yeah. And Robin was like, what is the deal with the rabbit hole? I said, <laughs> I don't know. I said, I just, I feel like... We need to talk about how, you know, it's, it's not just this dark, scary place in the rabbit hole that that light can come from the, the rabbit hole. And you're not just in the rabbit hole looking up at the light. You can be the light in the mm-hmm. rabbit hole. Yeah. It's just crazy how it just came to me.
0: You are such a light. I, am, I have loved our conversation. And and I remembered now what I was going to say in the beginning, which was, this is going to be a very candid conversation. <laughs> 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 he you remember that you 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 accidentally forgot that you're like yeah i wanted to just tell people like this is non scripted this is just you telling your story yeah. us talking you're wonderful to talk to you're you're such Aww. a wonderful person and i do feel lucky and blessed to know you and I feel blessed that you're on this planet helping people out the way that you're helping them out. I mean, it's not easy. It's not... It certainly, thankfully, wasn't my lot in life to be talking about those things, but I help people to move through those things. I, it's not part of my story, and I, I am grateful that it's not, to be honest. So yeah, I feel blessed I know. in that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know. I think we both have two different... Completely two different jobs, but they're both so equally rewarding, and mm-hmm. I... I was called to this just like you were and here I was running a business for all these years and very successfully, but you know, the business is great, but this is kind of all I think about. I just Mm -hmm. think about, you know, how to support my son in the LGBTQ community, how to support others in that community, how to support parents who are dealing with, with kids with their sexual and gender identity you know, and and the mental health and the addiction. I mean, it's just, there's so much. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, wh- what have I been doing? I should have been doing this so long ago. <laughs> you know, where have I been? But it's the right time now. It's Right,
0: it's, absolutely. Everything I'm happens in divine timing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I also, I applaud you for recognizing that you built something for 15 years that is thriving and is doing well and, you know, has a lot of the principles that you believe in but it's time for you to move on and a lot of people are like well this is what i know and this is where i feel comfortable and this is predictable and and it would we would be no fault of anybody if they stayed there but you realize that that would not be fulfilling for you and it's so brave of you to then take that next step and you know share what you know and and be so much be of help to so many people i mean yeah, I, I wish that there was a podcast for my parents, you know, to understand me coming out or being gay. I mean, it th- there's yeah. so much more available now than there was, whatever it was, 20 years ago almost when I came out. And certainly back, whew, I feel so sorry for people. Any any decade beyond, you know, when I, or below, I should say, when I told my parents, mm-hmm. th- there was just not an. I mean, people had roommates. You know, that's what you heard of, and yep. that was about it. And everything else was hidden. And you hear of these couples that have been together for eighty years, and they just never felt comfortable coming out. And you're like, no. "That's How awful." Sad. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's just a matter of of. Of uh, the rest of the world not understanding that 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 is it's not a choice. That's their life. That right, is who right. they are. And just breaking through the the stigma and the misconceptions of people thinking like that you're just choosing to be gay or lesbian or trans. It's, yeah. It's oh just, yeah. Because it's so easy. <laughs> it's so easy. And you know, and and even if you, I mean, honestly, even if you are someone who doesn't understand the, the transgender world, because I think that's probably one of the most difficult
0: to understand. Yes.
1: Yeah. Difficult areas to understand within the community because people, it's not that it's new. It's just that people aren't really talking about it, but even as long, right. Yeah. Right. If you're someone that doesn't know about it, you know, or it doesn't apply to you, I should say that doesn't mean that you can just write it off like it doesn't exist. And there are more people that do that that will say to me, like through this podcast, I, I talk about it, that will say, oh, I don't understand why I have to learn the he's and the she's and the they's and all the pronouns. Why can't they just be normal, right? Mm. And so there's still that mindset around the stigma, you know, even back in the day when Cole came out, and I'm sure for you as well, gay and lesbian, being gay or lesbian was a really scary time. Can you imagine right now with how the movement is happening the last few years for the trans?
0: Mm.
1: They're the most marginalized and oppressed demographic within that community than any of them. The the, yes. the the most targeted, the most targeted specific group within that community is the black trans females. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that until I started doing some research on it and have had experts tell me that that, you know, psychologists and such that I work with who are like, yeah, they fear for their lives.
0: Mm-hmm. They're, the,
1: they're, the most, they're the most violently targeted.
0: How anybody has any time for hate? I don't know. I don't know either. It's and, such a waste of time, energy, you and, know, and, and Buddha. I mean, I, I remember when I was first learning all these teachings and I think it, he was the one that said, you are angry. It's like holding onto a hot stone and not throwing it. And I was yeah. like, Yeah. I'm the only one that would be hurting from holding on to my anger. That's a really good analogy. I'll have to remember that. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> what's interesting about people who are very, very angry, um, there was a man that I was living near. He was in my building and he was just so angry at everyone and always was upset about things. And you're just like, whoa. He wound up dying of a heart attack. And you're like, of course. Like he, he was so angry that it just it, like hardened his heart.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I mean, this world just needs some compassion right now and some patience and understanding. And I mean, we say all of that as we are sitting here on election day doing this podcast.
0: <laughs> Maybe we don't want to get off because we don't want to find out what's going on. <laughs> I don't know if I want to know. I, I know. know. You know, it's interesting. I've really gotten to a neutral s- spot about this whole thing. And 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 I was like, you know what? Like, I have trust that the light is going to win, you know? and And I really just feel like, I'm along for the ride and watching it. And then I, I swear, I said to Fen, I'm like, you know, the universe is like, oh, you think you're neutral about all this? I'm going to take Fen away for the week. <laughs> See how you oh, feel then. Oh, that's right. It, and that's I was right. like, damn it. So then, I, of course, I'm getting triggered about other things. And I was like, all right, oh, I hear you. I'm um, okay. I'll figure it out. That's right. Move I know energy. she's not with you today for- No, for your- she's not here this whole week. And they put her in a very volatile area, area, which is Portland. Thanks a lot. That's my yeah. hometown. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I check in and I make sure that I, I'm okay. She, she's okay. We're okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. She's not staying downtown though.
1: I, hope. Um,
0: I Not to my knowledge. She's staying with okay. a friend. You know, okay, I'm not good. sure exactly where her friend lives, good. but
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we're in California right now in our house here versus being in Portland. I have to, I have to admit I am, yeah. you know, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting evening
0: going to be an interesting next few months.
1: Mm-hmm. I yeah. hope I find a feather or something today. Something. Oh, well, to... that's
0: why I, you know, honestly, I've been, <laughs> when I found the dime, I was like, Aiden, do you mind if I just like keep this here right next to where I brush my teeth? Just exactly. to keep reminding me that I'm on the right path, that everything's going okay, <laughs> to be okay, that we're going to be okay, that I, you know, I have my tools and things like that. So anyway, I love you. I'm so grateful you took this time to talk to me. And honestly, I wish we could do this every day. <laughs>
1: I love you too. And I, I really want us to connect. Like we need to see each other when COVID is, is not as crazy and people are safer. I I need to meet Fen. I need to meet Aiden. You have to meet Ryan. Like Mm -hmm. I've already told Ryan, I'm like, okay. I'm, I, I'm obsessed with her. We're going to go meet her. And he was like, okay, let's go to Denver. And I'm like, "Yeah, well, sure.
0: Come anytime.
1: We're not, I'm not going when it's snowing, but yes, we're going yeah. to Thankfully it doesn't do that all that often.
0: We got yeah. like four snowstorms a year.
1: Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't want that. It's going to be 95 here today. And that's, that's oh right where God. I need to be.
0: Yeah. That's right where I need to be
1: in the pool. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> all <laughs> well, right. Will I you love enjoy. you. Enjoy. Thank you
1: so much. It was such a wonderful time today. I appreciate it, Amy.
0: You're amazing. Thank you. All content provided by Amy Stark and her her guests on the Ophelia podcast website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats were created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.